Welcome to the Neurology Nuts and Bolts podcast, all about constructing your career in neurology. I'm your host, Sarah Schaefer from the Yale School of Medicine. In episode 24, we discussed gap years between residency and fellowship. Today, we will be discussing taking a gap year between medical school and residency with Kareen Maurer, Clinical Assistant Professor at Stony Brook University Health Sciences Center School of Medicine, and Nisha Chabria, Medical Director, Global Medical Affairs at ADBH at IC. Thank you for joining us, Kareen and Nisha. Thanks for having us, Sarah. Thanks for having us, Shahira. So we'll start with you, Nisha. Can you tell us when you decided to take a gap year between medical school and residency and why you made that decision? Um, Sure. Yeah. So I was a fourth year medical student and I was actually doing my neurology rotation, interestingly enough. Um, And I actually friended a bunch of female surgery residents when I was doing my neurology residency, clerkship actually. And a lot of them were like, oh, you want to go into surgery? You might want to rethink that idea because, you know, they, they treat us really poorly. They kind of make you feel like you're less than nothing. They sexualized you. And so they just, they kind of made me feel like this was the worst decision I could be making, wanting to go into a surgical residency. So I kind of had to rethink where I wanted to go, took my name out of the match, and then um, had to reassess what I thought I enjoyed during my medical school days. And neurology was one of those things. And since Parkinson's and essential tremor run in my family and in myself, kind of was a, a no brainer to change my mind and decide to go down the neurology pathway. Wow, that sounds like kind of a shock as a clerkship resident or a medical student being told that about the specialty that you want to go into. Yeah, it was crazy. Kareen, what about you? Where did your decision come from? My decision to to take a gap year was a personal one. So I became pregnant the third year of medical school and w- was due January of my fourth year, which would have meant that I would have ha- met, uh, needed to interview either pregnant or, you know, at a time when I really didn't want to be doing the interview process. So I I decided to take a gap year and pursue research during that gap year. And we'll get into what you guys ended up doing during your time. But when you approached your medical schools with this proposal, or perhaps you'd already made your decision, What advice did you get from your medical school? What advice that you got turned out to be good? What turned out to be bad? Were they worried about uh, an additional year between medical school and residency? And Karine, I wonder if any type of stigma might come into play in terms of whether they were concerned about you interviewing while pregnant and whether that would affect your prospects um, on the residency trail, which of course would be highly inappropriate, but you know, something that could happen. In in terms of the interviewing while pregnant, part of me was um, concerned about potential stigma. Even if the individuals at my medical school said not, that that should not be officially a concern, um, it always is a concern. Part of me was also uh, apprehensive about having to travel. I knew, so I did medical my medical school training on the East Coast and knew that I would be interviewing on the West Coast as well. 
um, and was interested in programs on the West Coast and, and didn't necessarily want to be traveling for interviews when I was late in, in my pregnancy. Um, so it's just for practical reasons. And what was the reaction of the medical school when you talked to them about this plan? So my medical school was quite supportive. I was not the only person in my class who had done exactly the same thing. Um, and actually somebody else who ended up going into neurology as well uh, also w- was pregnant in between her, her third through fourth year and, and also took a gap year. I'm an MD-PhD. I was a little bit older than some of my colleagues, and it is perhaps not uncommon for MD-PhDs to take a gap year for for different reasons. So it, it wasn't it wasn't frowned upon at all. Great. And what about you, Nisha? What was the response from the medical school? <laughs> so mine's definitely not as detailed as Green. Caribbean medical schools are very hands off. Essentially, as soon as you kind of leave the Caribbean and you go into your third and fourth MS years, so they didn't really even know that I chose to take this year off. I'm didn't even have to mention it to them. It was basically I could make my decisions how I wanted to, and then proceed with what I wanted to do after that. So it's very different from her. I just kind of did what I wanted to do and did what was best for my career. And what did you end up doing? Yeah, I uh, actually did research for a year in a neurointensivist's lab. Uh, He was doing stroke research at the time. And so I When I wasn't in his lab doing research, I was actually rotating with him in the hospital. So I was shadowing him and his residents during that year that I was off. And Kareen, you mentioned that you also did research during that year? Yes, I did. So I did research in the lab of uh, clinician scientists. Um, So he was an MD. He was a psychiatrist, um, but he worked in an epilepsy model. And I was doing essentially stem cell work um, in, in an epilepsy model. And do both of you currently use research as part of your careers? And if so, do you feel that this extra year may have actually been helpful from a, you know, a research preparation perspective to be a PI and apply for grants and all those things or, or, or neither here nor there or harmful? For me, um, so I, I am uh, involved in research currently. I, I don't think that I, I view my, my gap year sort of as neither here nor there because I have had other more substantial research experiences through my PhD and through my fellowship. And uh, it is difficult to accomplish a lot research-wise in one year's time. Um, however, I, I think that it was a good way to spend a gap year. And the residency programs that I applied to did look favorably on, the, on it. And it was a good topic of conversation during interviews. It only added to my, to my CV. It didn't detract. What about you, Nisha? Did you feel like that extra research year was helpful in any way for your career? Before transitioning to pharma, I was doing a lot of research. I was a PI for several studies between my previous job in Boca and then working in West Palm. I don't honestly feel like the research I did during that time was very helpful for my future research career because one, it was basic science, it was stroke, but it definitely was a talking point during interviews, like Kareen said. I think it does pad your CV. I agree with you. Like, I think it does make your CV a little bit more interesting in regards to making you more sellable, 
for a residency because you have that under your belt. I even got a publication out of it, which was very helpful as well, which I think, Kareen, you probably did too. Yeah. Um, and so that those those were definitely um, added bonuses for, for me. So do you think <clears throat> taking this gap year negatively influenced any of the residencies? you know, opinions of you, or did you get kind of more prying questions about it? Or did it just give positive, you know, extra padding to your, to your CVs? Um, I mean, yeah, the gap year definitely was, it was a good and a bad thing. Let me put it that way. Uh, the good thing is, yes, it was extra padding to my CV and it was a good, good talking subject with regards to doing the research. But I think my reasoning for going into the gap year because of having wanted to do a different field of medicine and then having the other women kind of tell me this isn't the best idea. That definitely was a pause for people. Like, why did you decide neurology if you were going to go into surgery? And so that was a question that came up a lot when I was interviewing. And for you, Kareen? I can't say in terms of the ones that I didn't interview at. But in terms of residency programs where I did interview, you know, I was straightforward with everyone on the reasoning for why I had taken the gap year and then what I actually did during the gap year. And I don't think that there was, I didn't encounter any negative ramifications of um, taking the gap year. In fact, a number of the programs sent me, I think a residency program sometimes will send you letters um, saying that they would be happy to have you and, you know, hoping that you rank them highly. And several of the programs, when I did receive the letters, they commented on the research that I had done in, in the gap year and commented on how positively they, they viewed it. And when you did get to residency, did you feel prepared to enter residency after being away from clerkships for that year? I guess, Kareen, you have experience with, you know, going off from more clinical things into the lab for a little while and then coming back uh, as any MD, PhD will have experience. But how did you feel, you know, July 1 of your intern year? I felt utterly unprepared the same way that any other intern feels. So I'm not sure that I would have felt any differently had I gone straight from medical school to internship. Internship is a scary time. I started off internship at, at, on night float. Um, where... <laughs> That's brutal. Oh, my goodness. And I was afraid to to prescribe Ambien. You know, you it's you are thrown in the trenches regardless when you enter internship. I can say that I, um, when I was considering the gap year, I initially considered either taking one or two years of of a gap because just realistically, research wise, again, you can't accomplish too much in a year, and there's you you can get much more done in two years. But I dis- decided to to limit it to one year because I was a little bit apprehensive about forgetting too much clinical medicine. And what was your experience, Nisha? I mean, I agree with Kareen. Yeah, definitely being an intern is the scariest thing. I didn't start on night float. I started in the ICU. So I feel just 
I feel your pain, Karine. It's very scary, especially when you don't know anything about medicine, really. I, I mean, I guess I was lucky that not only did I work for an intensivist and his research lab, he let me shadow him like two to three days a week. So that was nice to be able to sit in the ICU or the neuro ICU, see what the residents were doing, kind of understand their thought process behind like why they were doing what they were doing. Um, and then my brother's father-in-law is a neurologist as well in my hometown. So he let me come to clinic with him every now and then. And so it was kind of nice to have both the hospital experience and the um, clinical experience prior to starting my internship. Now, mind you, those were all strictly neurology. So going into doing internal medicine and dealing with that kind of stuff, it's very, very different. But um, I, you know, obviously being an intern is scary, but I felt like I had a little bit more preparedness because of my opportunities to shadow two different neurologists. Well, I didn't start uh, anywhere near as tough rotations as you guys, but I do remember on my first inpatient rotation as an intern looking up the doses of Tylenol and double, triple checking that I wasn't going to, you know, kill somebody with too much Tylenol. Yeah, I guess it's true. No matter what intern year is, is uh, a different world. So do either of you know others who've done this? Kareen, you said that there was another person in your program who had done it for pregnancy reasons. Do you know anybody who did it for other reasons? I actually know two people who the same year as me who did it for pregnancy reasons. Um, one from my school, one from another school, both in New York City. I also know somebody who did it because they were an MD-PhD and they, they wanted to finish up their research and they didn't want to have to wait until finishing residency, you know, four years later to finish up their project. And you, Nisha? I, I don't know anybody who's actually done this. I, I'm the only person I know of that's done that and now, Kareen, but I do know a lot of people who have gone from doing like a transition year or an, or an intern year and then changing their minds about where they wanted to go from a professional standpoint. But that's, that's all I know. And what advice do you have for other people who might be considering this for their, for themselves? I would say if you're uncertain as to where you want to go with your career, or if you have any questions, I would do it. I'm, I, I don't regret my decision to take that year off. I think it made me a better and stronger candidate in the neurology space. It gave me a chance to think about what I really wanted to do, um, given the fact that most of my med school rotations were surgical. So I, I think if you have the opportunity and you need the opportunity, I would say do it. I would take it. And Kareen? Yeah, I, I agree with Nisha. I think that as um, people in the in the medical field, as you know, oftentimes we're taught to, and it's just part of our, how we're programmed is to follow the straight and narrow path. And that's how I was programmed. And, you know, I did undergrad and then, you know, straight from undergrad, MD, PhD. Um, and then my plan was to go, you know, then you do residency and then you do fellowship, then you do attending. Then um, sometimes it can be challenging to realize that things aren't are not always straight and narrow, but I don't think that, you know, and then you, you question yourself. And, and I certainly questioned myself at the, at the time when I made that decision. But I, I think that it was only a good thing that I did. And I have no regrets. Great. Yeah, the straight and narrow is not always the right, the right path for everybody. Well, thank you both for joining me today and sharing your experiences. Thanks for having us, Sarah. Thank you for having us. 
Neurology Nuts and Bolts podcast was created and produced by myself, Sarah Schaefer. This podcast is not recorded as an official podcast of any institution or organization. The podcast is unfunded. Opinions are those of the individual participants. Music by Audrey Nath. Artwork by Shivani Goshal. Want more content like this? Be sure to subscribe to the Neurology Nuts and Bolts podcast wherever you get your podcast to hear more about constructing your career in neurology. Follow us on Twitter at NeuroBolts and on Facebook at Neurology Nuts and Bolts to stay updated on new content and give us feedback on what you want to hear. And tell your friends. Thanks for joining us.